Hey guys, it's Kayla. It's Evan. And welcome to Podstetrics. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Podstetrics. Welcome. Today we're going to be talking about rhesus factor. Um, before we start, Evan, did you want to do a medical disclaimer? Sure. So this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. If you do have any queries or concerns, please see your healthcare provider. Yeah, great. So... This episode is going to be an interesting one. Um, it's rhesus factor is something that obviously I learned during my midwifery days. Didn't really understand it. Knew what anti-D was, but didn't understand how it worked mm-hmm. or why we were giving it really. And then even through like the research that I was doing, still struggled. Uh, <laughs> so. it's, just such a, it's such a hard concept to grasp. Yeah. But hopefully by the end of this podcast, it'll make a lot more sense. Because I know when we did our own research for this episode, it definitely made a lot more sense now. Oh, yeah, it makes more sense, yeah, but, like, but I'm, not, not I'm still sense. like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so what is rhesus factor? So basically, rhesus factor is a protein that's found on the outside of blood cells, and it's otherwise known as rhesus factor D or the RHD antigen, and it's located on the rhesus protein. Mm-hmm. And on red blood cells. On red blood cells, yes. Mm-hmm. So it is clinically, it's been previously described as the most important protein blood base protein-based blood group system and it's only second to the ABO blood grouping which is something that we're probably more more comfortable with and understand a little bit more um so rhesus factor is genetically inherited um and it's one of the many antigens that is found on the red on surface of red blood cells you can either be positive or negative um either you have the factor or you don't have the factor and this is the positive or negative we refer to when we say that someone's like O positive or an O neg donor mm-hmm. or a blood group. 85% of people are actually positive mm-hmm. for rhesus factor as well. Yeah. So why is the rhesus factor important? So the first thing I guess that we need to just get out there is that it doesn't really affect your overall health. No. So it doesn't really come into play um, in a normal individual when there's no factors, which we'll talk about a bit later. But where it does become really important is when you're pregnant or when you're giving a blood transfusion. Yes. So it can cause complications if you are an RH negative um, individual. Um, and if your child is RH positive, and this is what's known as rhesus incompatibility. Yeah. So when one individual has the positive um, antigen and one has the negative antigen, we say that they're incompatible. There's a really high immunogenicity of the D antigen. And really, this is a term that we use when we describe vaccine efficacy. And really, all this is saying is uh, how good is something at eliciting an immune response? So if something is very highly immunogenic, then we expect a very robust and strong immune response. Yeah, which is what we see with the D antigen. Exactly. And so Cauca- Caucasian populations actually Caucasian. have yeah, actually have the highest percentage of rhesus negative individuals. So yeah. they're of note and at risk population. Yeah. So Kayla, do you want to go into a little bit of the the genetics in terms of what mum what mum and dad are and then what baby can be? Yeah, of course. So Basically, yeah, what I'm going to describe is a mother's rhesus factor, a father's rhesus factor, and then what we'd see in baby, and then if we need to be worried or not. So basically, with a mum that's rhesus positive and a dad that's rhesus positive, we know that the baby's going to be rhesus positive as Mm -hmm. well, so we don't take any precautions. If mum is rhesus negative and baby's rhesus negative, uh, sorry, father is rhesus negative, then baby will also be negative, so again, don't take precautions. If mum is positive, dad is negative, we know that baby could be RH positive or or, or, or RH negative. And we know that if mum is RH negative and father is RH positive, they baby could be RH uh, positive or negative. And so we need to take these precautions such as uh, the rhesus immune, immunoglobulin um, injections or otherwise known as anti-D. 
So with the previous example of mum is IH positive and dad is IH negative, when we said that baby could be either re, um, rhesus positive or rhesus negative, we actually don't need to take any precautions in that circumstance because mum is rhesus positive. So what we're really worried about here is whether mum whether mum is rhesus positive or negative, if dad is the same, and then if baby is going to be the same or different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it doesn't really matter in this situation because mum is positive. Yeah. Okay. So what happens? So usually mum's blood and baby's blood doesn't mix during pregnancy. The problem that occurs, though, is when a small amount of baby's blood comes into contact with mum's blood during the yeah. delivery or any bleeding or trauma or any iatrogenic causes, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. And this is what drives the immune reaction. Yeah. So basically, a woman's immune system not recognizing the protein, a protein that is present on baby's red blood cells begins to make antibodies. And these are known as anti-D antibodies or a maternal uh, rhesus immunoglobulin immunoglobulin G, otherwise known as IgG, uh, produced against baby's rhesus factor. So whilst this isn't a problem during your first pregnancy, because this is when you're coming into contact. So th- you'd see the same thing with some sort of like cold or flu virus mm-hmm. or, or even like a bacteria. Mm-hmm. You come in contact with it. Your body has never recognized it before. And it says, oh crap, I've got to start making stuff to protect me if I ever come in contact with it again. So it's the same sort of situation that's occurring here where Mum hasn't seen it before, has now seen it, and is making these antibodies in order to fight it if she ever sees it again. Yeah, if and her I body think ever sees the, it again. The analogy that we kind of used before was like how people get scared of dogs. Yeah. So like for example, you have a small child, the first time they see a dog, they're not scared. Yeah. If it's the just dog like, tries oh, to this? Yeah. <laughs> if the dog tries to attack them though, they associate that dog with a fear response. Yeah. And then usually for the rest of their life, every time they see the dog, yeah, they get scared. It's a conditioned yeah. fear. And so yeah. that first time when the child saw the dog and had a negative event. This is similar to the sensitizing event that takes place in alloimmunization or what we're talking about here with the rhesus factor. Yeah. So that's why we say things like, this isn't a problem in your first pregnancy, but it does become a problem in subsequent pregnancies mm-hmm. and is something that does persist in life. Yes. So it's not just your second pregnancy and then it's done. Mm-hmm. We're talking about every single pregnancy that you have after this. Yeah. The problem is, is that this drives an immune system attack directed towards baby, which only because your body only recognizes baby as a foreign object. Mm -hmm. So basically, these rhesus antibodies are able to cross the placenta and cause damage to baby's red blood cells. And these maternal allo antibodies are directed against that D antigen on the RH blood group system of baby. Mm -hmm. And it results in something and is the most common cause of something known as hemolytic anemia of the newborn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this could lead to a life-threatening anemia in baby where we have a situation where baby's red blood cells are being destroyed quicker than what baby is able to produce them. And this hemolytic disease of the fetus or the newborn um, is a result of something called alloimmunization, which we kind of discussed before. So this is an immune response to foreign antigens from another human, and this is exactly what we've described. Other than pregnancy, alloimmunization is also seen following blood transfusions Mm -hmm. and just to define alloimmunity it's an immune response to antigens from someone else from the member of the same species yeah Um, and these are known as alloantigens or isoantigens so how do rhesus antibodies develop so this is known as a sensitizing event so not only can blood mixing occur during birth but it can also occur occur during um things like our amniocentesis which we've talked about before or our um choreo what is it? Um, Coronavirus villus sampling. Yeah. Um, and these are our iatrogenic causes that um, Evan was mentioning earlier. 
We also see it during uh, bleeding during pregnancy and attempts to manually turn a fetus that is within uh, a breech position, um, trauma to the abdomen during pregnancy, and also within our blood transfusions, which are which is a rare occurrence, but it is positive. So this is why it is possible. Sorry, <laughs> it's positive. This is why blood banks do prefer using our O negative blood in a situation in an emergency situation. So this blood type is universal, otherwise known as a universal donor, which mm-hmm. again only use in an emergency, and it can be given to anyone with any blood type. Mm-hmm. Um, we also see Rh antibodies developing in people that um, use uh, illicit substances, yep. um, specifically intravenously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what investigations can we do um, if we want to kind of see if there's any sensitizing event being done? And the most common one that's usually done in a hospital, commonly following things like antipartum hemorrhage, is the Clyhower test. Clyhower. Yeah. So this is used to measure the volume of transplacental hemorrhage. And it really detects the presence of baby's red blood cells in mum's circulation. And it detects fetal hemoglobin. Um, and then you can kind of find that out. Uh, we can also do a blood group and antibody screen, and this is to know what mum is or what baby is if we take umbilical cord blood. Yeah. So how do we treat this? And we do have a treatment. So I'm I'm pretty sure from reading um, things such as like the rhesus factor is not so much a problem nowadays in developed, in our more um, developed part of the world, but in developing countries, um, they don't necessarily have the resources um to undertake the kind of testing that mm-hmm. we are obviously very fortunate to have. Um, so this treatment is known as anti-D, which is something that most pregnant women, I'm sure, would have heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a basically an intramuscular injection, um, and it's given... So basically, <laughs> it's given during pregnancy to women um, that are Rh negative, and then again 72 hours after birth, if we find that baby is rhesus positive, mm-hmm. um, we can give it within 10 days after birth, but the efficacy will be less. Um, and the way that we determine uh, rhesus, uh, the rhesus factor, I guess, in baby um, is we blood sample from the umbilical cord after birth. So obviously it's given to mum with the aim of preventing this from happening. Um, and it contains that anti-D immunoglobulin halting the production of any antibodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if a lady has anti-D detected and you're worried about rhesus incompatibility in baby, what do we need to do? So we usually do antibody levels at every visit Mm -hmm. and we do something called an ELISA. Um, An ELISA is just a fancy way of being able to quantify how much of something is in the blood. Love me a good ELISA. Yeah. And so when we look at this, it's something called a titer, which basically just means how much of that is present. And if it's greater than one in 32, um, then we need to treat it. And yep. this is just a tighter amount. This is the amount of antibody that we're, we're detecting. Mm-hmm. So if this is the case, then we need to do amniocentesis to get a sample of the amniotic fluid. And here we're looking at something called bilirubin. And bilirubin is a byproduct of when red blood cells break down. And this is what yep. happens in baby if you do have this, this problem. That hemolytic anemia that yeah. we're talking and about. And so yeah. if needed, then baby will need to be transfused. So this is um, rhesus incompatibility um, leading to hemolytic disease of the newborn mm-hmm. is very, very kind of... Um, uh, what's the word? It's it's mortality is very high. It can be fatal, mm-hmm. and it can lead to a condition called fetal hydrops or hydrops fatalis, and that basically just means that all of the red blood cells have pretty much been destroyed. No oxygen is getting everywhere. Mm-hmm. You have this widespread edema, so baby looks like a raindrop 
yeah. um, which is where the name comes from. And it just leads to this widespread edema, heart failure, kidney failure, liver yeah. failure, and then death. Yeah. And so one of the things as well that we can look to see if baby is happy is something called the middle cerebral artery perfusion. And I think we've talked about that I in think one we of have the older episodes. With, um, yeah, with, yeah, with another condition. To do with the test. But that just yeah. tells us how well the brain is getting oxygen. Was um, it during our um, antenatal screening? Yeah, yeah, antenatal screening. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. And just for pe- just for those that maybe don't know, our red blood cells are the ones that carry oxygen, which yes, is why yeah. we're so worried about like perfusion around baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, so that was a, Short, it was a quick, quick episode, episode, but you know, I think um, this topic is definitely something that needs to be brought to light because it's very, very tough to conceptually understand it. Yeah, and of course, um, hopefully. Um, those midwifery students that were struggling like I do can see this as a really cool resource to help understand what's going on and why we worry so much about it and why we do give anti-D. Yeah. Why we are worried about anti-D and constant, like constantly, I'm like, does she need anti-D? Yeah. She can be given anti-D. What's her rhesus factor? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you never understand why. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so um, like always, you can uh, stream themselves Stream this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and CastBox. And you can find us on all, all social media. Um, if you did a basic Google search of Podcentrics, you'd be able to find us on yeah. all those platforms. And always, please do review us and like us on Apple Podcasts because it yeah. helps people find us. Yeah. Um, and just share it amongst your friends. I found that my summaries are getting a lot more like succinct. <laughs> Becoming more confident with it. Yeah, definitely. Slowly, slowly. <laughs> but yeah, so like every week, I'm Kayla. I'm Evan. Uh, what do I say? What do I say? Uh, Stay safe, guys. And take care of yourselves. I'm so sorry. Bye. Bye.